like with the whole indigenous American things, the gist of it is that uh, this country, uh, they're the victims. And as you know, the saying goes, to the victor goes the spoils, but also to the victor goes the pen. They get to write the history. And they've written out most of uh, cultural, ideological, and uh, in general, just most history of the indigenous peoples. <clears throat> so, for instance, when we think of Native Americans, uh, most Amer- most Ameri- most Americans uh, think uh, Plains Indian, you know, barely any mm. clothes on top of a horse, which horses were not from this country. Horses were brought over here, so that that in itself is a misnomer and is an example of how this country has made us indoctrinate us to think a certain way you know uh <clears throat> they ask anybody they have an idea that Indians are savages you know talk about skin scalping and that skin scalping was relative to like two tribes not all not every indigenous american uh scout What's you know, skin scalping? Skin scalping is basically like a trophy. So the the victor will go and cut the scalp away mm. from the kill. Mm. Is that weird? Sometimes we see in um, certain cultures or like I'm gonna just be specific. You know when a lot of rich people would have the head of an animal on their wall. So or, it's the same. It's the same uh, logic. Mm, so it's a trophy. Gotcha. You know, for Caucasian people, that the head of the animal is their trophy. You know, yeah, I killed mm. that, I shot him. For the indigenous, the the few tribes who did scalp, that was a trophy. It was like, here are these, here are our enemies. You know, and uh, they've got different kind of hair. They've got blonde hair. They've got red hair. <laughs> Look how many I killed. Um, so the misnomer is that every Indian scalp, and that's not true. Another misnomer is that uh, most Indians didn't wear like clothes, you know, and they all wore face paint all the time, mm. and they rode horses. That's mm. that's a misnomer. They did that with the African, with African people as well. Yeah. So, and this is the same general talk is how they have written history in a way that makes people who read it after think along a certain line, you know, and. There are many of us in this country who don't question, you know. Yeah, you've got the the African-American kid who says he's poor African-American, blah, 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 blah. But when he's met with certain information that he's never heard or seen before, he questions, he questions it pessimistically as opposed to optimistically. You know, he's not looking for the good, looking for the truth in it. He's just understanding that it's not something he's heard before. Just like I was saying with the, the indigenous Americans, like uh, I'll give another example. Uh, in this country, uh, the Caucasian people they have big, uh, big reverence for Andrew Jackson. Okay. And his story is threefold. The first fold deals with the indigenous Americans, but also blacks. So he was a racist. He did not like Africans. If he was not Caucasian, if he was not European. You had no stature in society as far as he was concerned. Right. This is a man who would who was a general and would end up being the president. Right. Uh, he also had a strong hate. He had a strong, strong hate for indigenous Americans mm. up and down the East Coast. Because the East Coast is where he originally comes from. This man 
systematically allow laws to be enacted that slowly encroach on the natural rights of indigenous peoples in Virginia. So they had slaves in Virginia and at some point they found out that there was gold under the land Mm. and they wanted the gold, but they also needed more land. So what they did was the indigenous Indians that lived in Virginia, actually a lot of them looked like Africans, very dark skinned. And you'll find a lot of writing from a lot of uh, writings from not just Andrew Jackson, but uh, other prominent people at the time, especially church people, like priests, mm. who wrote. Because, you know, the thing I said about the churches, you know, though they, they have their own issues and uh, fallacies, they're good record keepers. And what you find is that... Like the Vatican. The Vatican, yeah. They're good. They, they keep records on everything because that's how they keep the flow of time linear. If that makes sense to you. And also, is that like a good way to control? It is a good way to control because if they know what happens, but you don't know what happened, they can tell you whatever they want you to know. Mm. And you'll just be acting on that information. Meanwhile, they'll be sitting back with the real knowledge at hand. Back to the Indians. So this is is a segue. So there was gold in the land and the Caucasian men in Virginia wanted the land and the gold. So how did they, how could they get around the problem? The problem, or the solution that they came up with was to increasingly change the laws where it became more and more uh, ambiguous as to who they were talking about. So at first they would say uh, non, non-free non people. You know, then they would say uh, non-Caucasian. Then it would end up being non-Caucasian people. So once you say non-Caucasian, anybody mm-hmm. who was dark-skinned, that included the indigenous peoples who mm-hmm. did look uh, African, especially those uh, Indians who come from like the mountains in Virginia. You know, they, they had a specific name. I can't re- remember the name right now, but uh, that people group has all been, all but been uh, dissolved into Caucasian culture. Mm. Uh, and that's basically what Andrew Carnegie did. He forced law on them. Andrew Jackson? Andrew Jackson. Yeah. Did I say Andrew Carnegie or Andrew yeah, Jackson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they're both, they're both rapists, yeah, yeah. pillagers, and plunderers, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. They come from the same stock. <laughs> yeah, and um, like if you go to Virginia, Virginia has so much history, and so much of the history is in plain sight. You know, they have monuments, mm, they have statues. I heard about that. And if you would take the time and walk around and read some of these things, it's like, you know, they, they're bold. They're, they're, they're emboldened. Like, they put it right, right out there for people to see. They'll tell you one thing, you know, you go to school, learn one thing, but then when you walk around the cities and the towns, you read something totally different on the, the, the statues, the bus. It's just crazy. Listen, you ever listen to my brother, um, what's his name? He's on YouTube. Um, Dane Halloway or something? No, no. I think that's the dude. I think that's the first time I've seen someone reading off of one of those. Right. Him. He, yes, he, he goes real deep into it. Because it's like a boulevard. There's a boulevard yeah. of these these uh, these monuments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, each one of them talks about different parts of mm-hmm. the history as it was happening. Like free, 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 free slaves and shit like that. That's deep. Like, I just think the whole thing is just interesting in general. It's just, you know, like, here we are in a time where we should all be equal. Mm. And most of, the, most of the, the plights of the past... Are supposed to be subdued, but here we still fighting the same struggles. Same struggles, right? And then 
most people, you know, they get they have the general idea of what the struggle is and what it has been, you know, but they've never dealt deep enough, you know. Yeah, if you've, you've read W.E.B. Du Bois, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they've read they've written some Thurgood Marshall. You know, some people don't even know who Marcus Garvey is. Little facts, things like that. Facts, you know, you know. And again, that's all American indoctrination because mm. they have they have no they have no reason or no wants to make uh, African African American, if you want to call yourself African American, mm-hmm. I like to say uh, African diaspora. Mm. People of the African diaspora here in America, they have no intentions of allowing us or making a curriculum where we know who and what we are, mm. where we come from. That That's in this country and before this country. Shit like fucking love. The Native Americans from uh, Florida that Andrew Jackson marched all the way to Oklahoma. They wanted the land. A lot of them had, or there were a lot of communities, like what they call the the Seminole, Seminole Indians. Oh yeah, yeah. When they, I was living in Miami, they're not. They were not straight Indians. The Seminole Indians are actual a tribe that came about because Africans and Indians were intermarrying. I have a quick question, right? And um, maybe we didn't catch this in the beginning, so I would just like to repeat it for the audience. Sure. With this information, how can it help the people of today in today's society with everything that's going on, you know, with the police? Because it seems like history is still repeating itself. Or is it that we haven't changed our way of thinking so tactics and the way we do things are still repeating? Like, would you agree to that? Two-pronged answer. One, yes. We haven't learned from the past. Mm. And I believe the saying goes, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat the past. Mm. You know? Um, And again, this is a tactic. Subterfuge... And disinformation is a tactic of the man, of government, when he wanted to have control. If you don't know who you are or who you were, right, and you try and correlate that with who you are now, well, what I'm saying is, if you don't know who you were or who you went and you look at yourself now, you don't know where you're going because mm. you, you, you don't know where you've been, mm. which is why it's important to have connections to the past, which is why our ancestors have oral traditions oh, shit. you know uh, yes there is a misnomer that Africans did not write that's that's, uh, that's Africans are what? they're not right or didn't have writing systems oh no yeah it's, it's a farce but you will hear you will hear Caucasian people say something like that like oh you know you didn't have writing it's bullshit um but most most of the like traditions like religion stories was oral because mm. it's like folk talk it's part it's part of the culture and like when see slave trade so they bring them over here they realize if you mix and match them you know an African from this country but from that country not only are they two different cultures but they have two different origins mm. so they're definitely not going to communicate with each other and once you do that all every everybody that comes after that line is less than them mm. of their original selves or what they could be because those connections to what they were, who they were, what they were, mm. starts to diminish. How can that help us now? Well, if more and more descendants of Africans can know who they were 
what they come from. How it is that they came to be now. Mm. They will be able to correlate that with their present situation and with those two spheres of information. They create the third sphere, which is the sphere to the future, to see where you're going. Mm. I don't know if you know about the flower of life or the tree of life, as they want to say. Yes. Definitely. That is the same principle. Mm. If you fall from the first circle, you make the next circle. It's consciousness and awareness. This is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, past memories, history, traditions, culture, all of that is a mm. sphere of knowing. It's a, it's a sphere of self. Once you know that and you reach the outer bounds of that self, you then create another sphere of self. And once the past and the present commingle, you create the third sphere, mm. which leads you to your future trifecta. That's deep. For people who are listening now, this is my good friend Everton. I know him since high school. And the soul, the spirit always been there since day one. He always been like a, how can I say, like a, a bigger brother to me. You know, it's always been love and respect. And um, since I've been back home, we was able to communicate and bring together, you know, two powerful minds to make a difference in the world. So I know some of you guys are listening. The conversation just jumped straight in. But um, I kind of wanted to make this authentic as possible. You know, it was it was planned, but it was sort of spontaneous. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in, for listening to my brother. The conversation is not over, but I just didn't create an intro. But I kind of like it this way. You know, it's different from your other podcasts that you'll be listening to. You know, this is conversations that we have on the regular every day. Well, not together, but, you know, people in my circle that I surround myself by, this is the kind of conversations that we do speak of and we just decided that we wanted to share it with the world so that's just for my audience I know it's about 15 minutes in you know I'm saying this now but I have faith and trust that you guys will listen and hear this message because most of my messages are about 25 minutes I mean episodes are about 25 minutes so if you guys are still listening I really appreciate you guys but um Back to back to the conversation. You know, in today's society, Everton, a lot of people. Even last night, um, I was watching a movie about the Black Panthers with my mother, and she was like, "We don't have any more black leaders. We don't have someone to guide people." And I would say that's true, but um. One thing that I didn't say to her was maybe it's time that we start leading ourselves. And, you know, we still do need leaders. We still do need leaders. Don't get me wrong. You know, but the thing with society is that I feel like a lot of people look for a crutch because we had a lot of great leaders and we're still repeating the same things like as if. You know, they didn't try to assassinate Bob Marley more than one time. You know what I mean? Um, How many times they infiltrated the Nation of Islam and, you know, the Garvey Garvey movement. 
um, Bob Marley, all of these people, Jimi Hendrix, John Lennon, all these people who, you know, stood up for the rights of humanity. And all we really did was, you know, slap their names and, and images on t-shirts and hats and scream black power, but we're still doing the same thing. You know, it's like, we respect and honor them, but I feel like we can respect and honor them more if we actually applied what they was preaching and what they risked their life preaching to us, you know? So what do you think in in today's society? We have all this technology, we have, you know, we don't, we don't have the same excuses that our ancestors had. And that's that's the key, you know. Um, I'm happy to, <laughs> I guess if I could, I would, I, I prefer to be brought up in times of ancient, times of old, mm. antiquity. But um, I do appreciate being born in this time because we have so much available to us, you know, like the way we can share information now and research information, YouTube, is a double-edged sword you know there's a lot of information on it that has to be uh has to be reviewed you know you've got to do your homework you should never take anything for face value even if it's from a like a friend or a good person you know always question and then do your own research right because um you know that information that someone imparts to you is only as good as it as it's used to you so if parts of the information that you're given is faulty you know, it is kind of your responsibility to go seek out the true information. You know, you don't want a half a pie, you want the whole pie. Mm. You, don't, you don't, you can see with one eye, but it's better to see with two. Two eyes. Mm. Even three. Mm. You feel me? My man. <laughs> I like that one right there. That was deep. And so, another thing, I'm sorry, another thing I would like to add on to that is that, um, I was having a conversation once again, you know, with the goddess, my mom, and she was like, this generation now has become lazy. You know, we have so much access to to anything we want in a matter of seconds and minutes, you know? If you have a thought, or if you have a thought, you know, if you have any questions, it's not like, you know, back in the days where we had to go to a library, or we had to go to someone that was in that profession to actually get the answer we see. Now people could just ask Alexa, ask Siri, ask Google, you know, research anything, go on YouTube and learn how to DJ in 15 minutes, you know? And it took some people fucking 15 months to probably learn how to DJ, 15 weeks, a whole year, two years, you know? And people was learning and, and growing in a rapid rate, but it seems like society hasn't changed in its way of, you know, finding a balance of becoming one as a people, you know, this topic is not to point out black or white, it's to know, you know, we, we're people of knowing, when I mean we people, I'm talking about me and my brother Everton over here, you know, we studied Gnosticism, we studied a lot of, you know, metaphysical information that we overstand and understand when you reach a certain point in your journey, your spiritual journey, it's sort of, you get out of the place of believing and you step into the place of knowing. And it makes a major difference. And a lot of people are still confused 
on how they think they need to live, you know? And we live in a society where we follow everything that goes on outside of us, meaning we will listen to the media before we will listen to someone who's speaking real knowledge. You know, if it if it ain't if it ain't showing the news or so and so didn't say it off my pastor or my imam or you know didn't say what you're saying, then it's not right. Well, people personally, I believe people need to start following their heart and step out of the zone of fear because even though we have access to this technology, right? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it on um, the pendulum. I'm gonna swing it a little bit. We have access to this technology. So what are we doing with it now? We see people get brutalized in the street and all we're doing is just recording it. So that was something that worked at some point, but now is being abused. Now police officers don't even care that you're recording what they're doing to your brother and sister in the street. How, maybe you can answer this question. How can we take it up a notch to where, you know, eventually us recording is just going to be our modern day way of marching and putting up picket signs. Yes, it plays a role, but it does not make a complete shift in difference that it actually needs to make. You know, there was only a few group of people that I know that actually shook the masses like shook politics and the government and had them fearing us it's not to fear us but they was like whoa maybe we need to show them a little bit more respect you know what i mean it's like now most of the leaders are you know are celebrities and they are in cahoots with a lot of you know the same people that's kind of still bringing us down you know we have you know talks about Steve Harvey and a few other people who, you know, may seem like, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but this is just what I hear is cool, you know, uh, Uncle Tom, you know, we respect somebody like him to be there for us. We watched you our whole life. Like if you're a 90s baby or, you know, grew up in the 80s into the 90s and you was watching UPN 9 and all of these shows and, you know what I mean? Like we... We, we we grew up on you like so for you to say certain things it's sort of like man like you know who can we honestly look up to to have respect but at the same time how can we do things in our own way to make a shift with everything that we have I know I just asked like two different questions but there's a way to bring everything together as one to make it more clear What is it that we need to do to take it up another level? Let's answer that first question. So, I said a lot just now. I mean, you did, and there's so many things that I want to like speak on, but we probably I might not even get back to get to them. I mean, well, one of them is the whole Uncle Tom thing. Mm. Actually, if you read the book, Uncle Tom was actually trying to help out. So that is an example of what I was talking about earlier when I said uh, disinformation being used as a tool so if you had and we do it to ourselves as well um because we are disinformed or misinformed uh the previous generations passed on knowledge that might not have been wholly accurate 
right? And we learn that from them. And then we continue to push out that information. And it's detrimental to us as a people group because now we're moving forward with information that, you know, puts us in a bad position to start from. Mm. So, it's like, I won't... I could just tell you what it is, but I rather I think it's good if people actually go out and read the book and learn from themselves. Like who is um, who was Uncle Tom, Sambo, mm. these ca- these characters. Like, and you you you'll then understand where I'm coming from when I say this information is a tool that keeps us down. Mm. Now, to answer your question about how do we move forward, how do we uh, switch gears and go from uh, these protests to action? And that's all this action. So, uh, like, what differentiates us in America from people of other backgrounds, I see from other countries, like, mm-hmm. look at the uh, the Arabs, the other countries. You know, they're not afraid to fight for what they believe in. Actually, right. they'll die for what they believe in. Right. You know, how many of us can say that, you know, we're tired of individuals who look like us, our, have our skin color being unjustly murdered you know protesting can only do so much and we're talking about the government and people with money protesting means nothing to them you have individuals in the government whose families ties to government in this country is gone it's like 300 generations 300 years and the country is like what how old is the country like 400 years old it's pretty young Maybe younger than that. I no lie, it's probably not even four hundred years old. Yeah, it's, it's like half of that. Yeah, it's about half of that. Yeah, about it's three. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Country is young. Yeah, you understand? Real young. So you have, like George Bush could trace his his heritage back to the beginnings of the country. Mm. You know, like I'm talking about those kind of times. These politicians, their families have been in politics and corporations. You know, they're involved in politics and the commerce of the country. So they've seen what real riots look like. Mm. Like, talk about, like, labor riots in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. You know, people were dying. Mm-hmm. But these are regular people, everyday people, who wanted more pay, better working conditions, and they were willing to go on the street and die. So, the question is, at what point can, or do, we start being selfless and fighting for the future generations, not the current generation. Of course, any actions we take affect those in this current generation. But for the future, you know, blood has to be spilled and lives have to be sacrificed. And that's a lesson from history. So, you know, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat the past. You know, you do, you're doomed to repeat past failures. Now, you might see that as a setback or something negative but failure is nothing more than an opportunity to learn what not to do mm. how not to move I like that you know we have so many instances in the history of this country alone trying to fight the man just sit just sit down read up on everything and definitely you know like a curriculum you know uh, this brother Teray was with uh, Kwame, the ex-Prime Minister of, uh, or President, if you will, of Ghana. They had, like, this whole curriculum 
that you had to do like these books that they wanted you to read because essentially it's about pan-Africanism but more so it was about making you aware of self and that you deserve more and you should have more but you shouldn't be asking for it mm. from your oppressors mm. you should go out and get it on your own go out and get it you feel me now see the thing is and you are you talking about celebrities celebrities are the voices of the people right we are disenfranchised people we don't have a voice that's just the reality of it. we don't really have a voice mm. we're in the back of the car banging on the walls for me but they still in the driver's seat mm. it makes no difference to them and we're in the, we're in the back row there's three seats in front of us and they're filled with other people who for the most part docile they're cool they're not fucking with the man while he's driving excuse my language mm-hmm. <clears throat> sorry but what that is is that these celebrities, just like Martin Luther King, you know, he became a voice. He was pushing issues. The Republicans in the Senate in the House were willing to do whatever. They didn't care. They were actually passing a lot of the bills that were going through. The Democrats, on the other hand, they weren't holding their weight. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of people don't understand. They don't know this, but like... Uh, Democratic Party as we know it and this is only like 50 years old before the civil rights movement the Democratic Party had the stance that the Republican Party has now unbeknownst to many in the country I would say uh, even people in my age group maybe even older as well they don't understand that the parties actually switch so the Republican Party was a party for the poor men and the Democrats were the landowners and the business owners you understand why did it switch? Like, how did that switch come about? It was basically over economics. Mm. Break that down a little bit if you could. So, we're talking about the end of slavery, basically. So, yeah, most of the Democrats were Southerners. Civil okay. War, that's when it started. That's the start of it. This is deep. I like where this is going. This may be one of my longest podcasts. How you want to turn this for about an hour? Like, I, like this is a tandem. Like, Hillary Clinton, when she was coming up, she worked for this dude named Goldwater in the state that she's from. And he was a, if I remember right, like the refresh of enlightenment you know a lot of I believe that there's going to be a major change you know whether people want to believe it or not it's just like success to me you know because everything is micro macrocosm as above so below right so, when you're in the darkness, nine times out of ten, 
the average mind is not thinking that there's a possible way out because you're too blinded by the darkness and forgetting that light and dark is the same thing. It's just a reflection of one another. So one cannot exist without the other. So if you know something like that or if you know when you're going through tough times in life, you know, after the storms, the sun is always going to shine no matter what. That's just, you know, part of the universal's laws, you know, and everything is an evolution. You know, we've been through the stages of revolution. Now it's time for an evolution. And I, I personally feel like that's where we are right now in humanity. Not just America, but everybody around the world are asking different questions. You know, I'm starting to... Whenever I watch something on Netflix or, you know, those apps that you can download to have access to streaming documentaries... I'm seeing things that I never seen when I was a child. It's like now they're starting to reveal a lot of information to the public because it's like they know. You can't keep these things secret. Right. So many people will take a vacation. We're in the age where technology is so great. Like you can up something is happening in real life on our phones all the time. You know, someone is streaming something that's happening right now. You know, that's how quick information can spread. People who are taking uh, trips to the Middle East and to Africa, and they see them, you know, like, go by TV, and um, they, go, they go to the pyramids, or they go to the Temple Mount, and you see these large, monolithic stones, mm. perfectly cut and placed one on top of the other. And when you do your research, you find out that our mechanical technology is not even at the point where we could build a machine that can lift those objects into place. Mm. That's astonishing. And it makes you think, again, their answer for how it was done is manpower, slave power, and the machines we build have more pushing, pulling capacity and power than any amount of human beings put together. Mm. So what you're telling me is that you don't actually know how these monoliths were built. Right. I hear all types of stories. I heard one time, I forgot who I was listening to, and it was breaking down frequency and learning how to manipulate matter by tapping into a certain frequency. How? I can't even tell you right now. But basically, they mastered the art of levitation. So just like how in science, you you know, they show you all the time with like certain metals that they're able to use with magnets to make it levitate. You know, back then, this is what the individual was saying. Back then, they had that same kind of technology, but greater. They was able to shift these rocks by using frequency, vibration, and manipulating matter. You know, to give you to give you guys a more clear understanding of what I'm saying, because I know it sounds a little trippy, 
But um, they show you this in the movie Doctor Strange when he was fighting the Dark Lord or whatever that guy, I forgot the guy, you know, the Dark One. And they was outside fighting and he kept shifting the reality. Everybody around wasn't aware that it was being done. But in their dimension, they was able to shift matter, you know, so sort of that same kind of technique, because these are all ancient techniques, you know, but um, I don't want to get too off topic with, we may have to make like a part two of this, because you know, a lot of people's attention span is real short, mm-hmm. and we, how long we know about 36 minutes? We are talking about a lot of different things as well. Yeah, yeah, you know. But um, we definitely gonna make a part two to this. I feel like I have one more question to ask to polish this up. Um, in today's society, or in, in the world, and this is my personal point of view, and also people of knowing it's not about your skin color because even though we use these terms and call ourselves these names our original ancestors never used any of these terms even the term evil and devil and all of these terms are new age terms you know the people you know these these are from my you know religious crowd people that you read about in the Bible and the Quran and all of that. Their time, they was coming from a place of sort of where we at now. They was going through the same things that we was going through now. Cause the only thing that really changes is technology, but there's nothing new under the sun. So when a lot of these things were being written, they were really being written to describe you. Like, the whole book of the Bible is really a breakdown of man. You know, the different Peter, Matthew, and Jacob's ladder. All of that has to do with your spinal cord. You know, talks about your your pineal gland, your soul. It's just like Hinduism. You know, they have the different gods. That's really the attribute of the prime creator, which is broken down into fragments. That's what everything is, basically. You know, so there is truth on a lot of information that we know now, but my point is, is that there's a lot more information that goes beyond what we know now. And what I would like to point out specifically about this episode, this episode wasn't meant to offend anyone or to say black against white, you know, because we're all here in this dimension. You know, if you want to get real deep to the science, you're just a, a God dreaming right now. You've been, you've been asleep for some time, and it's time for y'all to wake up. You're not even here. You think you're here, but you're not here. You think this is real, but this is not real. You know, all those terms of black and white and man and woman, and those are titles that was created a long time but now we are at a point where we are using these titles. So we do have to maneuver and know who we are. So that's the whole point of this episode today was for those who 
you know, your soul is not really resonating with what you grew up on, this is something to kind of challenge and expand your mind on what you already know. And hopefully this will make people do more research and tune in more (laughs) to my body soul to get more knowledge and information, you know, because not everybody is willing to read the books, but there are some of us still here that are really, really willing to read the books, listen to the five hour lectures, you know, to get the information because all you need is one beacon. And once you have that one beacon, anything else around it is bound to become illuminated by choice or not. You know, so this is really just, we're just doing the work for y'all. You know, I know some of y'all don't even, y'all, don't, y'all wouldn't even pick up a book unless it's assigned to you. You know what I mean? Or listen to something for no longer than 20 minutes without getting bored. You know, so this is just something for everybody it doesn't matter if you're oriental european it doesn't matter you know this is for everybody to know something because we all stem from the same source physically i'm gonna bust your head open a little bit we may have different creators within the universe and galaxy but energy wise just like dog vader and Han Solo, they're both using the force. That means they're still sailing in the same ocean, but it depends what you're doing with that energy or with that knowledge and information. You know, so I'm gonna end this episode here, Brother Everton. Yo, I appreciate you for coming through, dropping some knowledge. People is going, they gonna come back. They gonna, I'm gonna get some good feedback. But no doubt. Hopefully they um they give you some info there, something specific that they want to know. About. Oh yeah, if anybody um, wants, you know, any more, if anybody have any more questions about what we spoke about, this is the guy to definitely you know ask questions. If you have like a Instagram or email that people can contact you on, I appreciate you if you could shout that out. Uh, you know, for that's to be honest, I don't really be on social media like that, but I do got an Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, shit is meager. But it's a BX underscore Quabilla. Might have to spell that. Oh, just break so, it down. <laughs> uh, well, BX, that's the borough that I'm from. Dig it. Uh, underscore. And then Quabilla. It's a Q. I'm bugging this. K-W-A-B-E-N-A. And uh, basically, it's a Ghanaian name for one born. Mm. One specific day of the week. And... Uh, Day of the week that I was born Thursday. That's what it corresponds to. Nice. And um, <clears throat> why Ghanaian? Because Jamaicans have roots mm. in Ghanaian culture. Ooh. Asante would, culture, to be specific. I would like that to be our next topic. The it Caribbean should. connection to Africa. Because you, you was busting my head open the last time. You was breaking a lot of things down. With the whole Rishas. We was talking about the Rishas. You know, Yoruba people, um, Cuban people. I know you got a lot of information on that, so I think that's going to be our next episode. But um, I appreciate you, brother, and I appreciate the world for tuning in. Once again, this is Devin in with another episode of My Body and Soul. Peace. Peace.